bookworms. Welcome to Librarians Telling Tales, where we introduce you to all the things we love about libraries, books, people, and making connections. I'm Jennifer. I'm Amy. I'm Blair. In today's episode, we'll chat about all things fantasy, the different types of fantasy tales, our favorite fantasy books and series, and suggestions for readers who are looking for fresh new adventures. We'll also share our book confessions, the books and series that we almost missed out on. I will kick us off today because honestly, I'm not going to fight you guys for who loves fantasy the most, but it might be me. Nope. Uh oh. We might have to fight about it then. Arm wrestle. Arm wrestle. Rock, Pink. paper, scissors. Oh, no. Pinky war. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Blair is a really big YA fantasy reader for sure. Massive. That's pretty much all I read in YA. But I think it's interesting because one of the things we're going to be talking about is genres. Part of the reason that fantasy is such a strong genre and crosses so many layers is because we're all raised with fairy tales. Mm-hmm. We're all raised with that concept of, you know, the knights and the dragons and the princesses and the kingdoms and unicorns and all that stuff. Whether we want to blame it on Disney or the Grimm brothers or them together, you know, it's hard to say, but fantasy is such a strong genre for readers, particularly for young readers. For me, I think the one that I remember the most from growing up is Paper Bag Princess by Robert Munch. I love Paper Bag Princess. I I cannot undersell that. That is the strong girl book. She's taking care of herself. She's taking care of that dragon. That little boy knight's not going to help her. He's made it very clear. It is up to her to solve her dragon situation. And she does. I love that. Anybody else got a young kids book that they want to chime in on? Well, I always love the books about the witches. Yes. You know, Ruth Chu is an old, old author. I, don't, I think she passed away a while ago. But she wrote The Wednesday Witch. Mm-hmm. Do you know that book? Mm-hmm. Really? I think we just got, don't we have some of those in our collection now? I might have bought them because I love that book so much. I just love that little witch on her little vacuum. And she'd say, home, James, and the little vacuum would take her. And so I read books of that nature. I don't remember reading very many books about dragons when I was little, although I love fairy tales. I I love love fairy tales, too. Yeah. One of my favorite newer ones is Not Quite Narwhal, Mm. about a little animal who's not sure if he's a unicorn or a narwhal. And maybe he can be both if he's, you know, above land or underwater. He's so cute. I also think that Dragons Love Tacos fits into that realm because, you know, dragons and tacos and all the fun fantasy things. Mm-hmm. Another for me is Tony Mitten's The something a sore I think I've read that to like every school group I've ever read a book to. I don't know. I just love it. It's like a, a little guy is left in the forest and his egg hatches and nobody knows if he's a dino or if he's something different. So he's the something a sore until he goes on a quest, which is big about fantasy, right? The quest. Mm-hmm. And he tracks down his mom. And the ending is so cute. So sweet. Another awesome picture book. I think it's interesting, too, because, you know, we just came through Halloween. So we just Mm -hmm. had all the Halloween books. And those are all witches and ghouls and ghosts and zombies and vampires. And all of that stuff is just fantasy fodder, really. Mm -hmm. And it crosses that fantasy categories, too, when we talk about how fantasy can be epic and high fantasy or it can be low fantasy, which is more along the lines of magical realism. Or it can be horror, which is when we get into the creatures and monsters and all that kind of stuff. Fantasy is so broad. I think one kind of fantasy that I read a lot of to the kids is animal fantasy. I was going to say just about every picture book that's got animals talking is fantasy because I mean, I talk to my dogs, but they don't talk back. Right. Usually. 
can understand. <laughs> I think they talk back. Because we believe. Like, yes. that's fantasy, right? So exactly. I think, yeah, absolutely. And that takes me to all the fairy tale books, like Puss in Boots, mm-hmm. those books that I've read to the kids. I just don't, I think now that I'm really putting my mind to it, fantasy is everywhere. We mm-hmm. really read a lot. It's all make-believe. It's all escapism for us. Absolutely. And then some of the fairy tale stuff leads to the things that are what we call tropes when we're writing, right? You've got somebody's in trouble and somebody's being saved. You've got quests. You've got magical items. These are all kind of the standard fare in fantasy land. That's how you know you're in a fantasy. Like 99% of the time, seriously, good triumphs over evil. Like that is the thing for fantasy generally. Absolutely. Oh, I just thought of one I love. I forgot about this. Clever Jack Takes the Cake by Candace Fleming. He's on a quest. He gets invited to the princess's birthday party. He has nothing to give her. And he's just this poor boy living in the forest, but he decides to make her a cake. Oh. So he makes her this cake, but yet he has to go through the dark forest and he meets a troll and they all want a little bit of his cake. That's his passage to get to the princess. So by the time he gets to the princess, he doesn't have anything, but he tells her about his adventure and that's the best birthday present. Oh, is his cool. Nice. And I love that book. Candace Fleming is awesome anyway. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But that's one of her really great picture books. So what do we think when we move up in age to the middle grade? For me, the middle grade is magic land. Middle grade is Alice in Wonderland and oh, the never ending story. Mm-hmm. Michael ends end ende. I'm not sure. It's German. But the never ending story. Oh, that is my absolute favorite from childhood. It's one of those, I don't know, they call them urban, they call them low fantasy, where they've got the mixture of the real world and the separate fantasy world at the same time. But if anybody has ever watched Neverending Story, the book is better. And that's saying something because that's one of the best movies from my childhood. But the book is amazing. You know, right now I'm actually reading The Wizard of Oz because one of my book clubs chose to read a classic and I have never had read The Wizard of Oz, but I love that she goes to the land of Oz and has her own quest on that yellow mm-hmm. brick road. It's just so beautifully written and very different from the movie. Huh. And I love reading it and spotting those differences. But I can see why kids in 1900 love that story and why it's still a classic today because I find myself gobbling up the pages and enjoying it mm-hmm. so much. It's a wonderful fantasy, a fantasy that I can wrap my mind around. I've never read Wizard of Oz. I'm going to have to read this now. <laughs> I think You'll you should. Inspired. It's really a good. It's really fun. And there's not just one book. There's how many? 17? 17. It's a massive crazy amount. Crazy number. Yeah, yeah. massive. So there's a lot of adventures. And maybe kids don't know that there's more than just the first book. I think we should have an episode where we sort of look at the movie versus the book for some mm-hmm. of these classics. Because when I read Peter Pan, which is a fantasy for sure, that story is not how it is portrayed in the Disney movies. At oh, all. not at all. Mm-hmm. And I was so surprised by that because I had taken for granted that Disney represented that correctly. But meh. Story. Different. Better. <laughs> stranger. Well, it's like Dorothy's shoes are silver, but Hollywood made them red and wide. It, it was because of colorization. Uh, I wonder. It was silver. They tried silver shoes, but they didn't read well on the color test. And so now ruby slippers are the iconic instead mm-hmm. of the silver. Mm-hmm. But the gingham dress is correct. She does wear a blue and white gingham dress. It's true. You know, another book that reminded me of The Wizard of Oz that I've read that I loved was A Girl Who Circumnavigated Fairyland in a Ship of Her Own Making. That mm-hmm. is a 
really long title. It's by Catherine Valente, but I love the whole concept. Kind of like Dorothy, where a little girl named September is living in Omaha, Nebraska, and she's doing the dishes, and the green wind comes to her window and says, we need your help, and they need to take her to this fairyland so she can retrieve this magical item from the well, this wicked Marquess. And it's such a great story. So it follows a similar trope, mm-hmm. but it's taking you out of your ordinary, dull life, making you the hero of your story, and putting you on this epic quest. Yes. Do you have anything else in middle grade land? Oh, yes. What you got? Jessica Day George, Tuesdays at the oh, castle, yes. and then every other day of the week as well. Those mm-hmm. are so fun. The castle reshapes itself and invents new rooms depending on how it can help the family. It's so special. Callie George's, I don't know those series. The first book is called Clover's Luck. My book club read that a couple of years back. It's and the Magical Animal Adoption magical, Agency or something like that. Yeah, the Magical Animal Adoption Agency. Of course, Magic Treehouse, Mary Bill oh, yeah. Osborne. Can't forget those guys traveling through time to awesome historical moments and then having adventures before being zipped back home just in the nick of time. And, oh, Dragon Masters. Of course. Yes. Dragon Masters, Heroes in Training series. I think everybody wants to know how the Greek gods grew up, like what happened, how they became who they are. And we all want to interpret that story for them, I guess. So Joan Holub and her co-writers have done so. There's like 15 books in that series, too. Mm-hmm. Maybe a lesser-known series is Colin Malloy's Wildwood series for kids who love Narnia. Have either of you read that series? Uh, I haven't, but Narnia, of course. Oh, you right, read Narnia. Right. Is, I forgot about oh. Narnia. That's not even on my list. Wow. Yeah. Wildwood is this girl named Prue discovers that just outside of her playground in these woods that she's told not to enter, there's this whole other world. And her brother gets kidnapped by a murder of crows. And they go into this forest. And she's been told not to go. But she takes her best friend and they go and they discover there's this whole other land. And it's a great story. So she meets all these characters. It's just like Narnia. Oh, that's super fun. And there are three books, and they're beautiful and well-written and lovely illustrations. Another fantasy series that I love in the middle grade range is Redwall. The Redwall mm-hmm. series is so good. Brian Jacques. I grew up reading all of those, and they're medieval, more of a high fantasy, and all of your characters are animals. So it kind of fits a couple different boxes for young readers who are already reading and loving animal series, but want to try something a little bit different. Epic high fantasy. Nobody's talked about Harry. I think we've avoided the classic ones. Well, it's because Harry Potter is something I was going to bring up in my confessions. That's why I haven't talked about the warrior cats. I haven't either. Do you want to try a speed round with middle grade? And then can you label what subgenre fantasy it is? Oh, (laughs) Oh, dang, that will be some thinking on my Okay, (laughs) so... I will start because I am willing to be the uh, guinea pig. Okay, so Serafina and the Black Cloak is a Serafina series by Robert Beatty, and that would be animal fantasy. Hunted by Megan Spooner, and that would be a fairy tale retelling. Adam Gidvitz does the Unicorn Rescue Society, among others, but I honestly have no idea what subgenre except like fantastical creatures. Yeah, and or mystery. Yes, that's true. Those evil brothers. Right? Yep. Let's see. Oh, Garth Nix. All of Garth Nix's Mm -hmm. because I'm a huge fan, but he has a whole bunch in like different categories. So as far as low fantasy goes, we have the Aberson series, which is set in dual worlds. It's set in a magical world and a real world. And then you've got ones like Have Sword, Will Travel, which is epic high fantasy for middle grade about these two kids that go on a quest given to them by a talking sword. Well, there's City of Bones by Cassandra Clare, and I call that urban fantasy. It is. So far, just one book in the series, but Amari and the Night Brothers by B.B. Alston. And that is 
I don't know, magical realism with a touch of boarding school, with a touch of who really is the bad guy. Oh, nice. Secret bad guys. It's like where you think you know, but then it ends on a cliffhanger, so you don't know that you knew. <laughs> Maybe you didn't know it all. Percy Jackson. Okay. Oh, yes. So, so that was a kind of short speed round, but I feel like it might be time for us to move into um, older ages. Sure. And uh, particularly also, I think we're not going to be able to escape it without talking about our secret confessions along the way. I can start where I can say, since you said Percy Jackson, I did not read any of that series until we did our, our book trivia quiz game? trivia yeah. game. And then I read all five of them. I have this thing where if one person tells me something is good or two people tell me something is good, I'm like, cool, I'll check it out. If like everyone and their brother is like, this series is amazing, you need to read it. My brain shuts down and I say, no, I don't, you can't make me. And that basically was my experience with Percy Jackson and the elusive Harry Potter, which took me a very long time to read. But I also blame the fact that the first book is not very good. People can fight me, but the first book is not very good. I love that first book. <laughs> Listeners, you didn't see this, but Jennifer leaned in and said, I will fight. <laughs> the very first line of that very first book, I think, is just beautifully, wonderfully written and it sucked me in because I was not going to read Harry Potter because I'm like you. Mm-hmm. If everybody's reading it, ah, it's probably not as good. It They're, can't live up to the hype. No. Yeah, I want to say. When your little neighbor boy brings you his dog-eared copy and says, you've got to read it. I did. And I was won over. It took me a very boring, snowy winter. And it was my third attempt before I got through it. After the first book, I was in because I felt like I I enjoyed the writing. But I will also say that I was mildly offended because I felt like she was copying the worst witch series which i feel is better for that age range as a written series about a witch girl in school and we now have that series here thanks to some donations from patrons but anybody who has read harry potter and is interested i would like to uh, challenge you to read the worst witch series is that julie murphy it is yeah and it predates Harry Potter, so you can't say that, that she stole from J.K. Rowling. You can only say it went the other way around. Borrowed. Borrowed. Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Borrowed. Mm-hmm. Borrowed. That's right. Well, do you want to talk about the Confessions of Warriors? Yes. The Warriors we by Aaron a, Hunter. Yes. Mutual <laughs> Confession. I haven't even read it yet. <gasps> Blair. You're in for a treat. What yes. do you want to say about it, Amy? I taught for years in, in Houston, Texas, and I had this student that was a huge Warrior Cats fan, and he would quote things to me and tell me stuff. And I just, okay, you know, and I just was not into it, the idea at all. I had them in my classroom collection, what have you. What was it, like six months ago? One of our patrons came by and couldn't stop talking about it, little Heidi, and said, you have to read this, you have to read this. And so I did, and it was so good. I really enjoyed it. Rusty, Kitty Pet, Fire Paw, Fire Heart, <laughs> all the name changes that he has, the whole Warrior Code that whole ethics thing and I don't know I just I thought it was so fun that I've since read the three books in his little bit of the series Mm -hmm. of like a thousand books in that series so what's your piece? Well I've only read the first one but I was blown away because I was expecting something really simple and quite frankly trite but the writing was really good and I felt really guilty for Mm -hmm. not reading it for 10 years I've avoided this book and we've had book parties here for the warrior cats Oh really? In the past? Not ones that I've led because I always read the books for the book parties sure. that I'm leading. But I thought, what are these kids getting into? And they, they come back over and over and over again for these same books. So I have to confess that they were really well done. I like them. 
I will eventually read them. I just don't have time. There's too many books, particularly in YA. So like I was putting together the list of books and I couldn't help myself. I was sitting up in the teen zone working with the kids and I'm like, there's too many things. For example, I will just read four titles. No, no, five titles. Let's just go with this. Fable and Namesake by Adrian Young, which is a really awesome new high fantasy series. We've got The Gilded Ones, which was a great audiobook. I know Amy mm-hmm. listened to that audiobook too. The Mermaid, The Witch, and the Sea by Maggie Takuda Hall. I love that book. That one was super fun. Um, the Hazelwood and the Night Country, Melissa Albert. Oh, I love those books. Those are a fun mix of not only fairy tale and sword of retellings, but also low fantasy. That's a really fun genre bender. I like that one too. I mean, that's just in the last couple months. There's not enough time. Mm-hmm. I agree. What do you got? Well, and I, mine aren't necessarily YA, they're tween teen, but I have to say this because we will get so much grief from some of our specific patrons, but the Keeper of the Lost Cities series. Yes, I have to say that one because if I don't, I feel like we're going to hear about it later. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. I'll admit I'm only on book three. And I only read book one because of a certain someone in our library. Yes. <laughs> but she sells it big time and she's a good salesperson. And so I read it and I'm working my way through and they're fun. But they are some long books. So, yes, that one. And then the Spiderwick Chronicles. Yes. A little creepy, a little fun. Mm-hmm. That's a good horror blend genre. Oh, speaking of dark fantasy, I can't not plug Jonathan Stroud's Lockwood Lockwood and Company. Mm -hmm. The first book is The Screaming Staircase, and it's supernatural. Teens that are operatives in London, and they they capture ghosts. They go and clear ghosts out of people's homes, and it is so wonderfully written. Have you read those? I haven't read those. They're on my list. There's too many things to read. There are, and I usually don't read more than one or two in a series, but I read every book. But That's dark fantasy and very supernatural. I love their friendships in that that series. Okay, somebody we have to say, because Jennifer hooked me up with this author a while back when I first started at the library, Maggie Steve Otter. Oh my gosh, yes. We mentioned her in the last episode because of uh, November Cakes and Scorpio Races, but she's got so much and they're so good. Like anything by her, I will read. I don't always love it, but her name is enough that I'll read a book. Are you talking her most recent books? Are you going back to her Werewolf series? I will be honest. I have not read. I read the first in that Linger Mm -hmm. whatever it was series, but I didn't care for it. So I didn't get into Steve Otter's series there, but everything since then, I have been just The Raven Boys. You and I have had those conversations about how amazing the Raven Boys series is and now the Dreamers series, which Mm -hmm. I am just getting into. I just did the first one. Ugh. Love them so much. I agree. That's right. The Raven Boys, the narration and the audiobooks is so good. They are. Those are some fantastic audiobooks. Mm -hmm. I feel like fantasy lends itself well to fantastic audiobooks. And I will say Harry Potter's audiobooks. I am there for those. They are phenomenal audiobooks. One teen fantasy I just recently read that's in the December newsletter was that Six Crimson Cranes. I can't wait for I book two. Read it. it is so fascinating. There's all these different tales that come together in this one story. And you think you know what's happening. Like two thirds of the way into the story, you know you know what's happening. And then it ends in such a way that you're like, I didn't know anything. Like, wait, what? Where is the story going? And now you have to wait. Is she a debut author? No, she's not a debut author. This is a new series. So what's her name? Elizabeth Lim. That is on my list. I really want to read that. You got to it first. I did. And there's an audio for it as well. That might be what I have to do. You'll be transported to another world while you're driving down the 69. <laughs> That's my preference to audiobook. You know, one of the books I almost missed out on was The Hunger Games. Oh, 
really? Yep. I had it in my classroom library when I taught eighth grade, and I read the first part of it when they're out in the woods hunting and stuff, and I was like, this is so boring. And I put it down, and a kid picked it up, and then he came back, and he said, you have to finish this book. It's so good. And then I, you know, no, no, just get to page 65. So ever since, that's been my, my slogan. If you're going to read Hunger Games, just get to page 65 before you give up, because it is so good. Once you get past all of that early, how Katniss's life really is before the games, and that's a slow start, to though. Dystopian is still very frequently part of fantasy. Sci-fi and fantasy can blend all the time. Victory is Greater Than Death was a really good sci-fi mm. that I just did. And I would definitely qualify that as a fantasy. There's elements that we're used to in the trope of she's growing up on Earth, but she knows that she is destined, that she is actually this super alien captain who's going to go back out into outer space and save the world. Is it space opera? What is it? It is. It's space opera. Whoa. I was thinking of Neil Shusterman. Oh, yes. He has some great books. I loved Scythe. It's kind of science fiction fantasy, maybe a little bit more, but he has the Skin Jacker trilogy. Mm-hmm. Those kids that are in limbo. Forgot the first book. What's that called? Ever Lost. Ever Lost. We read it for book club. Kids really liked it, so I have read my share of fantasy. You, honestly, you, <laughs> you really, really have. Because you've I'm turned not. me on to a number of authors, seriously, just in random telling me things through the years. And with what your book club reads, I'm just like, oh, I wonder where they picked that book. I'm going to read that one, too. And it's they're so mm-hmm. fun. The I, Nevermore series. I read that because yes. of your book club. And I love those. Yes. So I think the moral of the story is that fantasy is really big and we might have to have another fantasy episode at some point in the future because there's just no way around it. Fantasy is everywhere. We hope this episode inspires you to try a fantasy book if you've never read one before and to give our fantasy readers some fresh new titles to read. Now we're going to hear from you, our readers and listeners. This is a fun segment where you tell us some of your favorite books. This is Reader's Rave. My name's Ruby. I'm nine. Have you read Harry Potter more times than you can count? I recommend you try the Trillian series by Michelle Ludson. It's three books about magic and dragons. There's a girl who raises a secret pet dragon. And they have a special connection where if the dragon feels something, the girl feels it too. There's also a boy whose power is to be able to tell what spell someone's about to cast. That was really cool. Anyway, if you love Harry Potter and want to try something new, check out the Trillium series. Hi, my name's Martha, and I'm old enough to be a grandmother. And my three-year-old granddaughter and I love Banana by Ed Veer. It is such a fun read aloud as two monkeys go through this whole range of emotions while they quibble over and then share a banana. My granddaughter loves guessing about what the monkeys are feeling and repeating the refrain with gusto. The book has crept its way into our family, too. Now, when anybody asks for a banana in our house, it's always with my granddaughter's expression. Banana! Hi, I'm Isabel. I am 12 years old, and I just finished reading Okay for Now by Garish Smith. It is a cute, heartwarming book about a boy who just moved to a new town and is finding his way and who turns to drawing birds. And I thought it was a really cool book, and I really liked the illustration of the birds and their plate numbers from the official book. Do you want to be a part of Reader's Rave? Call us at 928-777-1490 and leave a message with your first name, your age, a book you love, and what you love about it. We can't wait to hear from you. Thank you for joining us today on Librarians Telling Tales. 
For a full list of the books shared in this episode, check the link in our podcast bio. Don't forget to subscribe to catch our next episode in mid-January, where we'll be joined by some young book lovers to chat about books worth making time for. We'll also share ways to fit reading into your everyday life. This podcast is supported by the Arizona State Library, Archives, and Public Records, a division of the Secretary of State, with federal funds from the Institute of Museum and Library Services. We would also like to thank the City of Prescott, friends of the Prescott Public Library, and all our fabulous co-workers at Prescott Public Library. Be sure to like and subscribe to Librarians Telling Tales. And until next time, we'll see you in the library.